0: Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Imagine someone offers to pray for you. What would be the first thing you'd request prayer for? Many times the focus of our prayers is on our physical needs or our relationships, but how often do we pray with the depth and fervor of the Apostle Paul? In this week's episode, Pastor Francis Chan expounds on the prayer of Paul found in Ephesians chapter 1. We pray that you would be inspired to pray, like Paul, for all the saints and the local churches across the globe. This message was taken from Forerunner Christian Church on November 27th, 2021.
1: I feel like I haven't been here in so long. Uh, been, uh, God's been doing amazing things in the, in the ministry, and we've just had some wonderful times in prayer and His presence. Can we just pray right now? I want to pray for this time. Father, we are so desperate for you right now. We worship you on your throne in heaven. We join with the angels and say that you are holy. Everything is in your power, God. God, I ask that you would decide to move this evening and pour your grace on us tonight, that we would be changed by you. Clear our minds of all of the evil thoughts. Get rid of all the distractions in our minds right now so that we can hear from you and see you clearly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If I were to ask you tonight what is your prayer request? What would you, what would you tell me? Try, try to think in your mind. If I said, you know, there's one thing I will pray for you about tonight, what would your request be? I, I've been very convicted about my prayer life lately. It, it started about two weeks ago. I was teaching at YWAM with, with one of my friends. And when my friend started teaching, he began talking about uh, the Muslims in Pakistan, and he began to tell us about how their children in the schools will memorize the entire Quran. And then he began to challenge us and ask us how much of the scriptures do we know? How seriously do we as believers take the word of God? Then he told us to open the book of Romans, and then he began to recite the book of Romans. From memory, he started quoting Romans 1, then Romans 2, then Romans 3. And because we were short on time, he jumped to Romans 8 and starts quoting Romans 8. And by his example, we were all convicted about our study of the Word of God. So the next day, I decided I'm going to start memorizing the book of Ephesians. And as I began to memorize chapter 1, I was so convicted Because I was looking at the words that Paul wrote, and they were so, so deep. And when I looked at the way that he prayed for the Ephesian church, that's what really convicted me. As I read it, I thought, oh, I don't pray for my church like this. My prayers are often shallow. And now I wonder if maybe the church in America is so shallow because our prayers are so shallow. We we pray for people's healing, and that's a good thing. We we pray for relationships to be restored, and that's a good thing. We, We pray for people's jobs and their families, and that's great. But until we learn to pray the way the Apostle Paul prayed, our churches will not have the depth that God wants them to. I want us to look at Ephesians 1 tonight. And Paul is praying for this church, and these are believers. In Ephesians 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So, so th- this is clearly believers that he's speaking to because he says he's heard of their faith in the lord jesus and their love toward all the saints and paul says about this church i just keep giving thanks for you i don't stop giving thanks for you but then in verse 17 he says that he prays that the that the god of our lord jesus christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So this is what I've been praying for you tonight, that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. So, so right now in heaven, there's, an, there's a God who, who dwells in unapproachable light sitting on his throne. This God determines whether I live through my sermon and whether I can walk back home. And this God determines whether or not he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We are so desperate for this. He's sitting on his throne and he has to decide to give you the spirit of wisdom or of rev- and of revelation. Otherwise you won't understand the thing that I'm saying tonight. See, I I can't explain anything to you tonight unless God gives you the Spirit. Because in verse 18, he says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. So somehow, the, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation enlightens the eyes of your heart. So this is a miracle that has to happen tonight. Because All of you will hear the same words. But for some of you, internally, you'll actually understand it. But this has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has nothing to do with how well you pay attention. And it has nothing to do with how well I communicate these truths. God has to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. And he says, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Okay, this is such an important phrase. He wants you to know the hope to which he has called you. This is something that I can't explain to you. I can't explain to you the hope that we have. There's a real interesting passage that I, that I believe will, will give us a little bit of insight into what he means here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the, the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. I love this passage. It's fascinating to me. He says, no eye has seen. That means no one in here has ever seen what God has prepared for us. And he says, no one has heard what God has prepared for us. And he goes, even your mind or your heart, your mind has never imagined what God has prepared for us. But then in verse 10, 10, it says these things God has revealed to us through his spirit. So somehow God can show us the future. He can show us what he has prepared for us somehow through the Holy Spirit. That's why I can't explain to you through my mouth to your ears. Because no one has seen it and no one has heard it. But God has revealed it to us through his spirit. So when we go back to Ephesians, that's why he's saying that I want the eyes of your heart enlightened. See, so God has to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so the eyes of your heart enlighten, so that you may know the hope to which he's called you. I've been praying this prayer for myself. Because I don't know if God has ever really revealed this to me. Has God revealed it to you through his spirit? I believe there are some of you in the room that God really has revealed the hope to which you've been called. And he did something miraculous inside of you. And I'm asking those of you who it's been revealed to you, would you pray for me? Because I I want this to happen to me. It's very strange to be preaching something that I'm not sure I myself have have really experienced. Usually when I teach, it's it's things that I've experienced. But when I was reading this passage, I just kept telling God, I don't. I don't think this has been revealed to me, at least not to the extent I see it uh, in Scripture. I believe this is what believers need more than anything. We really need to be sure of our hope, especially in this world that we live in, especially right now as so many people are living in fear. But when God has enlightened your heart and you know the hope to which he's called you, these The news on earth doesn't concern us. It doesn't cause fear in us. Let's be people who pray that we would know the hope to which he's called us. I believe that if more believers really knew the hope to which we've been called, we would be more eager to die. But as it is, it seems like so many people, even in the church, are afraid of death rather than looking forward to it. And then the next phrase, he says, he wants us to know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Okay, pay real close attention to every word in that section. Look, He says, he wants you to know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. See, so if you read this verse quickly, you may think that he's talking about our inheritance. Because in Ephesians 1, he does talk about our inheritance. But in this section, he's not talking about our inheritance. He's talking about his inheritance. Did you ever think about God receiving an inheritance? But here he's saying he wants us to know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So what is God looking forward to inheriting? Us. He says it's his inheritance in the saints. We are his saints. And he looks at us as his glorious inheritance. And Paul is praying, I wish you knew how Sadly, he wants his inheritance. Do you believe that God is looking forward to inheriting you? Seriously, think about that right now. At the core of your being, inside your heart, do you believe that Almighty God, sitting on his throne in all of his glory, is looking forward to inheriting you? I believe this is a struggle for some of us because there are those of us who've been rejected for much of our lives. I remember growing up just feeling like no one cares about me. I I, I thought to myself, if I died, no one would care. I remember graduating from seminary and there was no one there to congratulate me. It was a low point in my life. And, and even growing up, I, you know, my, my parents sent, my dad sent me to Hong Kong to live with my grandparents because he didn't want me. And then when I came back to the U.S., um, because my grandmother couldn't take me, care of me anymore, I, I felt like my brother, sister, mom, stepmom, no one really wanted me there. Then after my, my stepmother and my father died, I, I, it just felt like I was rejected by so many people. So some of us who have been rejected for much of our lives, especially from our fathers, it's hard to believe that God, the heavenly Father, is going, oh, you are my inheritance. I can't wait to have you up in heaven with me. And Paul says, I want you to know this in your heart. But this isn't something I can explain to you. I can't talk you into believing your worth in God's eyes. God has to do that. He has to give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation so that you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that means you would also see me as one of those saints that God can't wait to inherit. I was thinking about this verse earlier today. And I was thinking about, uh, you know how there's a lot of believers that just, they like to fight. And sometimes they cause division in the body. And I even think sometimes people write things about me that are so wrong. They're just lies. And sometimes it gets me angry. But then I thought about this verse. And I thought, no, I shouldn't be angry at them. I should be praying that God would... Open their eyes to see that he has a glorious inheritance in me and i realize this is not just about how i view myself but how i view other believers that that i need to see other believers as his glorious inheritance So when someone slanders us, we have to say, God, give me eyes to see that they are your glorious inheritance. And then verse 19 is what I really prayed hard for you about. He says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? He says, what is the immeasurable greatness of power toward us? When you walked in tonight, were you confident that there is immeasurable greatness of power in you? Think about those words, immeasurable greatness of power. Do you believe that in your heart? That you have immeasurable greatness of power in you. Does it show in your life this immeasurable greatness of power? He describes, you know, what he means. He he gives the example. He says, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So to give an example of what he meant, he says, you want to know the type of power that's in you? He says it's similar to to the, the power that it took to raise the dead body of Christ. Okay, so imagine Christ's body here crucified. Okay, is everyone imagining his body is laying here lifeless? And then God raises him from the dead, and then he seats him at his right hand. It says, in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, in verse 21. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. So he says the power towards us is similar to the power he used to raise Jesus from the dead to his right hand, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion forever. Like not just in this age, but also in the age to come. So that somehow that type of power is in me. And God says he put all things under his feet. And God gave Jesus to us. He gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So God raises his son far above all other rulers. And then he gave him to us. He gave him to the church. And he calls the church his body, the fullness of him. Do you guys recognize who we are supposed to be? We are the fullness of the body of Jesus. And and everything is under his feet. And he was given to the church. I know that a lot of us would say, I believe these things. But I just have to believe if we really knew these things in our hearts, the church would look a lot different. I'm not questioning our salvation. Remember, Paul was writing to believers. But it seemed like these believers had never been given the spirit of wisdom and revelation, at least not in such a way that the eyes of their hearts were enlightened to the hope to which he's called them, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, or the immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe. So I've been praying these things for myself. Even tonight during worship, I was wrestling saying, God, do I really believe there's immeasurable greatness of power towards me so that when I walk up on this stage, I can have a confidence that there's power in me, that it's not about me being a good speaker, but that it's me being filled with power. To say to you right now in power that there are some of you in this room who don't really know him, And that's a terrifying thought, that there might be people in this room right now who have never really been forgiven by God. Here's what the Bible teaches, is that all of you were created by this almighty God. That he knew you before he even made you and that you know in your heart just by looking at creation that there is a god but just to believe that there is a god is not enough the question is do you trust in him do you believe that you are guilty before god for 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 breaking his commands do you believe that he has the right to judge all of us at the end of our lives and he will And do you believe that he wants to inherit you as one of his saints? And that's why he had his son come down to the earth and take the form of a man. And he had him nailed to a cross and it's through his blood that we can be forgiven of our sins. But have you ever decided To follow Jesus do you really trust in what he did on the cross to where you realize wow the king did that for me I want to be a part of his kingdom I want him to be the king of my life the Bible says when you do that then he promises to give us his spirit I keep feeling like there are people in this room that are still insecure. Some of you that aren't sure that if you were to die tonight, that you would be going to heaven. And you're not sure that God would be on the other side at judgment going, Oh, well done. I, I couldn't wait to inherit you. And I really want that to change tonight. And I think you want that to change tonight. So if there are some of you tonight who say, you know, that's me, I feel, I kind of think I'm saved, but I, sometimes I just, I just have a lot of doubts still. And if I were to die tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. If that's you, I want to pray over you tonight. I want to pray that God would give you tonight the spirit of wisdom and of revelation so that you would know of the riches of his glorious inheritance in you. So if that's you tonight, I'm going to invite you right now to just walk forward and come up here and get on your knees, and I'm going to pray that the spirit of revelation would fall on you. Is there anyone like that tonight? Awesome. Thanks for your honesty, guys. I'm gonna pray for you guys. And I'm telling you, this is something that I've struggled with also. Sometimes I would look at my own sin and I would just go, God, could you really love me? So Father, I pray for these men and women in front of me right now. Father, would you please give them your spirit? Reveal things to them right now. Show them how good you are. Explain your grace to them in their hearts. Actually, can you guys look up at me right now? You know, when Peter preached his first sermon in, in Acts chapter 2, the first thing he says was, repent. That means to turn. Turn just as I was praying for you, I, I felt like there may be things in your life, certain sins that you know are wrong, but you don't want to turn from them. What we're talking about tonight is for you to say, I want Jesus as my king. So if you receive him as your king, that means there isn't anything you, you hold back for yourself. You're surrendering everything to him. Because I thought maybe some of you are insecure in your relationship with God because you haven't let go of everything. But tonight is about repentance and saying, I want you as my king. So why don't you just bow your heads right now and close your eyes and just begin to confess those areas in your life that you haven't given over before. Ask him for power over those temptations. And Father, now I ask that the spirit of wisdom and revelation fall upon these men and women. And I ask that right now you would enlighten the eyes of their hearts. That somehow mysteriously they would know the hope to which you've called them. That they would know what are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. Father, you would take away the insecurity that's in their hearts and any of the doubts that God has placed on their minds. Oh, Jesus, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Your spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. May they be sealed with your Holy Spirit now. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Maybe there's another group here who's wrestling with the power That that verse says we we have this immeasurable greatness of power towards us. And maybe you feel weak or you just feel like you're destined to like a mediocre life. I want to pray for you. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to stand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for those of you who are standing now. Father, I lift up my brothers and sisters to you. And God, I ask that you would just, just have your spirit of wisdom and revelation fall on them right now. God, I pray for a miracle from heaven right now. That suddenly the eyes of their heart, like a light just went on. And they destroy every lie that Satan has ever told them. And every lie they've ever told themselves, that you have them trust in your word. That there's an immeasurable greatness of power toward those who believe. That they have the power from on high. And they can defeat any sin in their lives. And they've been given supernatural gifts for the church. And they're not here just to survive this world, but to literally change it. Father, I pray that they would be different people as they walk out the door tonight. And that their families and their friends would see it. That tonight their lives change forever. Oh God, by your grace, may it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.